0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C. And today, my returning guest is David T. Rex Ferguson. Just want to give a quick update on the fact that, you know, this is we're winding down the year. I'm taking two weeks off. I took a week off in November, but that's because I had to help my mom. So it was not a vacation. I need an actual vacation. And as I have said in past shows, I'm extremely burnt out. And the last thing I want to do is just talk about Trump. I fucking hate him. And so I'm inviting guests on my show that are Kimberly's Happy Place guests, right? The comfort food guests. Today was David. On Monday, Bob's coming, Bob Seska. And <laughs> and I just said Bob's coming. Anyway, so I, I'm, I think I'm going to do... I know I'm going to talk with Stephanie tomorrow, Steph Walton. We're going to do a patrons-only show. But... I th- I'm going to try to get around for next Wednesday. And then this Wednesday is just a big fat secret because they haven't confirmed yet. Anyway, keep that in mind that th- the guests that I'm going to be having on are, are the guests that I don't have to do a lot of work for or be really serious. I just want it to be fun. And I don't, you know, if we talk about politics, great, but that's not going to necessarily be the sole focus. It, it might happen to turn out to be that way one day, but you know, when I talk to Jody, we just we could talk about everything, just like with David. So, from now until the end of the year, it's just going to be guests that Kimberly has a lot of fun with and feels that they're easy, meaning that I don't have to be all serious. <laughs> so, basically, the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners. It's also woman-run. Hi, I'm that woman. And I don't have corporate backers. I don't use advertisers. It's patrons who keep the show going. So if you enjoy today's show, please take a look at the about page because I've listed some past guests and I've had some amazing people. God, this year I I, I should I should go over the list, which I maybe will prepare later. But uh, some amazing people that I had the opportunity to talk to this year. I got to talk to Steve Schmidt. He was kind of a dick, but you know what? He was on my show. <laughs> and I also got to talk to Gloria Allred, which was not my favorite interview, but that was like a big deal to me that she was on my show and I've had people that I, you know, I've had Joe Walsh. I think that the first time he came on my show though was in 2019, but he, I think he was on this year too. And just some really cool people I've had Glenn Kirshner and I've talked to people like uh, Charlotte Clymer and Molly Jong fast and trying to just go through the list of people. There's just Kirk Acevedo, Kirsten Warren, Kristen Johnston, the actress, so many cool people so check out that about page. I have linked shows, those particular shows to the, you know, if I if I put up that I was talking to Glenn Kirshner, there's a link to his show. So you could go check that out. And if you like the show, I just ask to be please consider becoming a patron. You could start for like two bucks a month. And if you decide that you want to upgrade, you can upgrade later. And this is the part of the show where I tell you what I do. On Mondays and Wednesdays, I do free shows. If you're signed up and you're a patron for any dollar amount, those shows are delivered to your email box. And then if you sign... So so if you sign up for $4 or less, here's what you're going to get. You're going to get each free show delivered to your email box plus... You're going to get one patrons only show. I do two of those per month, usually with Steph Walton, but I do two of those per month. So you'll get one of those. If you sign up for $5 or more, you get everything I just said. Plus you get the extra, the second patrons only show. And then you get after every free show, I do Kimberly's after party. And it's just me talking about whatever the fuck I feel like talking about. So today I, I did that. I talked about whatever the fuck I wanted to talk about. I did, I did talk about something that was kind of serious and, and kind of upsetting, but not personal, but it was something I saw in the news, but I ended it on a positive note. So just keep that in mind if you take a listen. So that's what you get if you sign up for $5 or more. You just go to patreon.com slash start me up. You can see all the tiers that I've created and you can go into any of those tiers and change the dollar amount. Make it whatever you want. So like you could go into the $25 tier and make it into a $75 tier. But I've got six of them. So just keep that in mind. Again, that's patreon.com slash startmeup. And you can also make a one-time donation by checking out the Patreon description. In all of my posts, I always include my email address. And you can use that in for with PayPal. And you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. So don't forget, please go by Apple Podcasts. You can get there through iTunes if it's an app. Go to Apple Podcasts and become a subscriber, because that's free. And then while you're there, and so many people do this, and I'm so grateful, uh, just give me a review, give me a rating and a review. All free. You don't have to write a lot about the, you know, show. Just say, hey, I really dig this show. Or, you know, I like I like this show. Whatever you want to say. You don't have to write a paragraph. I know people get freaked out by reviews and they think, I don't know what to say. You don't have to worry about it. Just say that you like the show. Because as an author, as a podcaster, I need those reviews to grow my show. And I just want to take this time to say that thank you to everybody who's a patron and everybody who gives me reviews. It really has helped me. And I've, I've increased my listeners this year, which was a goal. And My goal for next year is to increase it by more, and I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) Going to keep having those fun guests on. And so anyway, that's it. Uh, Now please enjoy my conversation with David T. Rex Ferguson. Welcome back to the show, David.
1: Thank you so much. It's good to be here.
0: Oh, my God. So this is going to be, I think, the third to the last free show before my break. And I am so ready for the break.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're so disciplined in turn out episodes.
0: Well, I, like, you know. <laughs> I've
1: got so many different projects going right now, and then I'm just like, I'll take a big wild detour and paint the bathroom. And yeah. Just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I feel like, I mean, I do promise, I do try to deliver what I promise, so I make the promise, but I, th- I know what's going to happen is I'm going to be on vacation, and then I will be so ready to get back. That's always what happens. Doing this particular job, not necessarily, you know, other jobs that I've had, but this particular job, I, I know that I'm like chomping at the bit to get the fuck out. In fact, I found, I found this book that I'm dying to read and I can't really give too many details because it's by a woman who I used to know and I didn't know her very well. It's just, I knew her when we were in our twenties and Mm -hmm. the long story short is that I had this friend Who was gay, but he didn't. He was also Mormon, and he didn't want to admit that he was gay, like to himself or to anybody. Obviously, it was going against what his religion told him, and so Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I fuck religion, by the way. I I just give a hearty fuck religion. (laughs) But I, you know, I mean, I and I, I, I had a crush on. I feel like
1: the Jesus fandom is really toxic. It is. It's it's, it's toxic. I mean, in
0: some cases, like my grandmother, who was Catholic. I think she represented all the good things about religion, but she's definitely an anomaly. Uh, but anyway, so, so they were Mormon, and, and I think Mormon is especially strange from everything that I've read. And, you know, and I can't go into too much detail because I don't want to give these personalities away. I'm talking about their personal and private lives. So anyway... I really liked this guy and he was a good, good friend of mine and we never did anything. We never kissed or we never did. Like there was one night where he declared that I was his girlfriend and I was so happy. And, you know, I I mean, I think I kind of knew that he was gay, but I just didn't want him to be and he didn't want to be. And so we laid on the floor and I was trying to just affectionately touch him as you would, you know, someone you love and it felt like i was touching my brother it was so gross and it was so weird and i mean after that we you know we didn't we <laughs> didn't exactly like, I, I think that he like felt the, the same time, way like
1: a friend and i decided we were gonna make out we kissed like twice and we were like "Dude, this is weird <laughs> yeah. she it's, was like it was don't weird. experiment on me david ferguson um yeah.
0: but anyway so she wrote a book and, you know, she's no longer you Mormon. Did. The girl, the girl, oh, I'm sorry. So, so there was the guy that I liked. And then, okay, right. so in comes this girl and they start dating. And she, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and there's her father was gay. And, oh, my gosh. So she's like repeating patterns. And so, right. anyway, she, I, I can't remember what the deal was, but I, at this point, I was no longer interested in him that way I, I think i had just realized all right this was our this is a friendship and that's all it's ever going to be and that's fine and i was cool and that's then, kind of,
1: i want to texturize it. Is this this is not college it's no, high school well
0: right? no it's it was college age I, I i was probably in and you're in maryland
1: or california i was in
0: california i was probably about 19 okay. maybe 19 yeah i was like 19 okay 20 I'm something like here. that so you know she's She's all into him, and they were together as a couple. Of course, they weren't having sex, but they 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 were both Mormon, so they weren't having sex. And I know that he kissed her. He had other girlfriends too that he would kiss, and and that would be it. So, I never kissed him. And uh, you know, I mean, just just but she's written me. a
1: book, so obviously she wants to talk about it to the world.
0: Right, but but I'm telling private. It's not things. Melissa
1: Carone, is it?
0: No. No, and and so she, So anyway, did you guys take and do something crazy with it. I know, really. Um. No, but uh, so anyway, she she came to me and my mom, and because I was living with my mom at the time, and my mom knew my friend and the gay friend, and so you know, like we we love him, and we've always loved him, and we kind of figured out he was gay. And so she comes to us and she's talking to him, talking to us about him. And I can't remember what her issue was, but both my mom and I were like, look, he's gay. And so, you know, we were trying to break it to her because it was so obvious to everyone. And she she was coming from an innocent place and her father, you know, it's so weird because at that point she she knew her father was gay, her gay Mormon father. And so we told her that. So then she tells my friend. That we said that, and he got so angry, and I kept trying to say, look, we, mm. lo- we love you, we don't give a shit what your sexual orientation is, but, you know, she came to us, and this is what we said. So it, it caused a fight for a while, and then we got over that fight, but anyway, so she wrote a book, and, I mean, she later got married, and she had kids, and then I believe she uh, real- she, she, she left the religion, she left Mormon re- Mormonism, whatever you'll call it. So it's like, I'm so mm-hmm. curious to read this book. I just came upon it. And I wonder if she mentions my friend. I wonder if she mentions this whole incident that happened. But beyond that, I'm just interested to read it because she, write. You know, I could see the look inside on Amazon and I could uh, get a gate. She's a good writer. And,
1: good.
0: you know, I had some, but that's one of the things I'm going to do on my break is I'm going to read that. But it's like, I know it's going to get to the point where I'm going to be so fucking bored. Because, I mean, I'm like, you know, we're going to be quarantined. And I'm well, then just bring her on an interviewer. You can record things <laughs> in the vault if you need to, know it, right? I really considered that. But the thing is, is that I contacted her. Oh, God. Like, you know, it must have been 2011 or something like that. Because I know that she has done some work in the entertainment industry. Obviously, she's also an author. And I wanted to somehow – I was – trying to get my book, The Virgin Diaries, off the ground at that time. So it's like throwing out to everyone. And I I reached out to her and she never replied. And I just, Mm -hmm. and there was a bit of a rivalry. You know how
1: that is, though. I mean, things just go by and sometimes you get with it. And sometimes, you
0: know, you're like, did I answer that email? But But there was like a rivalry. One thing I can say
1: for sure on this whole topic, though, is that being in the closet makes people crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, I Um, think that he, you know, I, I have not talked to him about his sexuality, but I saw, this was back when I was 20, so like around in my 30s, he came over one night uh, for dinner, because he had moved out of the state, He, you know, we were in California, he he moved somewhere else, and then he came back, so he came over for dinner, and he did, he kind of, I think he, he recognized, he, I don't think he said it out loud, because he's still Mormon, and he still Ugh. is, you know, like talking yeah. about the Lord and stuff on Facebook, but um, and the, what is he, the Holy mother and the Holy father, he uses that kind of language. And, um, I mean, but he's also really cool and hip. Like when I hung out with him, we didn't talk about religion. I was like his dirty friend, <laughs> you know, like the friend he could do it. dirty I have been that shit. friend for some Mormons <laughs> in the past. Yeah.
1: Um, the friend that makes some coffee and like lets them right, sneak exactly. cigarettes. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
0: So um, it was like, you know. That was
1: a it, long time ago, but yeah.
0: But, I mean, and he was really fun, and, you know, he had fun friends and and everything. So uh, he kind of admitted it uh, without admitting it. And so I'm wondering at this age, because he's like, I think he's three or four years older than me. I'm certainly hoping that he's just made peace with it. But I don't know, because he's writing about, oh, Heavenly Father. And, you know, if that's the case, then he, if he's living as a I know a Mormon, some
1: gay Christians. I mean, I, I know, guy. I know, but Mormonism He's moved away now, but he used to begin his AA talk every time with... Hi, I'm Jason. I love Jesus, and I suck dick.
0: <laughs> yeah, my co- <laughs> You've got well, my a cousin. With that. The
1: door's right there. You know,
0: Mike. Um, it's interesting. My cousin was, I think she was Catholic, and in 2000, I think it was in 12, maybe. I think it was like February 2012. Um, she her her mother died, and she's gay, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. the priest denied her communion, and. She <sighs> she told she posted about it on Facebook. priests
1: have a fucking leg to stand on morally?
0: No, you know, no, and he was—he like was a, those, he was a crooked priest. Black
1: frock creeps need to back the fuck off the Jesus thing and let other people access it.
0: Well, interestingly though, uh, she posted about it on Facebook, and at the time, my mother—I wasn't—but my mother was writing for Addicting Info, so my mom wrote about it, and it went fucking crazy viral. It put Addicting Info on the map, and I was tweeting to Lawrence O'Donnell and to everybody, and so my cousin wound up going on Lawrence O'Donnell's television show because of my tweet, and her story just became. Huge and viral, and eventually. I remember
1: ended, this now. Yeah, yeah, we wrote about that at Raw
0: Story. Oh, that's so funny, right? Well, my mom is the one who I didn't broke know it. did that was your mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so, uh, but uh, she's actually Jewish now. She she did leave, but but I think part of the reason she because she stayed a Catholic after all of that, and she she did not hold her own religion accountable for the behavior of that terrible priest. But I think that she's Jewish because her partner is Jewish and she wanted to, Mm, you know, I think she was a little turned. Well, she was, yeah. And she was a little turned off by what had happened. And, um, I mean, I, I think, but she still remained a, a Catholic and, you know, as much as I am so not religious, I think that in some case, like for instance, like I said, my grandmother, she only took the good from it. She was never judgmental. She never told you, uh, you know how you should be or what you should do never she never did she was always very humble and you know i'm a dolly parton kind of christian yeah (laughs) you know the thing about dolly parton
1: is i mean i've been listening to the have you listened to radio labs no multi-part series dolly parton's america oh my god if you ever need a reason to believe in our country and to just like it's just it's one it's a beautiful program and i need to
0: listen because i need to believe in our country
1: it really explains, like, who she is and, like, she's really refrains on the whole from speaking out on politics because she loves all her fans. Yeah. And to her, they are people coming to the music first. And the politics right. will follow. Yeah. Um, and you know, you go to a Dolly Parton concert, and there's like, you know, Texas Christian housewives standing next to seven foot tall drag queens next to black lesbians <laughs> right. with their Chicana partners. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, yeah. it's just this like whole unifying thing. And I really feel like, I mean, the fact that she contributed, a, you know, a million dollars to the yeah. Moderna vaccine fund, and yeah. I'm just like, you know, that's that's faith and good works yeah. and just love. Mm-hmm. For the world, I mean, I'm sure, probably, maybe she like stomps on kittens for kicks or something. I don't know. (laughs) I
0: doubt it. (laughs) But
1: on the whole, it just seems like that is the kind of beaming, radiant Mm -hmm. love that can connect us all to an image of God that is not judgmental and is not unaccepting. And yeah, and I just like I don't know why people have gotten the whole sexuality and religion thing so bound up together. Yeah. Um I don't know enough like a...
0: to to comment on. Yeah, I don't know enough to comment on that because I I mean I I was not raised with religion. So, I, you know, I mean like for instance Bob was, you know, brought up Catholic and and he he understands and has read and studied the Bible. I have never read the Bible. So, you know, I mean the only, only thing I know is what Marco Rubio tells me on Twitter.
1: <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I've read the Bible. I went through an intensely Christian period right before I came out. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't Christian like I hate gays. it was just like wanting to be I don't know pure aligned with God, wanting mm. to feel like yeah. a part of something
0: Yeah
1: and um yeah, I went down the rabbit hole of Christianity. I read the Bible from cover to cover and was just like <laughs> a grave little 12 year old <laughs> talking about the Bible and the Nicene convention and just all this different stuff and then I was just like, never mind I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my god, that's so funny. Well, you know, I'm certainly not religious, but I mean, it's just I I remember, I remember my friend, who was gay and Mormon. He would go missing, every once in a while, and what was what was happening was he was doing cocaine. This was in the late '80s. He was doing cocaine and getting blowjobs from from people in adult bookstores and i know this because he would always come to my mom's house to to our house and he'd sit in the living room and cry and he would like Ugh, he would always like heart. i know he would tell us this everything is so again.
1: often a hand-in-hand thing mm-hmm. the extreme religion thing and yes. people needing to do drugs or alcohol in order to you know right. shut up that internal yeah crude censor yeah, person he would that's give, like, this he, isn't a nice thing to do you're bad you're dirty you should right do this. exactly you know? so yeah. that but see then they end up having like unprotected sex yeah and they don't use and it just oh god there are so many hiv positive mormon guys on the west coast that like got out of college moved away went completely crazy fucked themselves up you know and then had to pull it back together again and it's just like you know it's so like I tell people, like, you know, having an amazing, like, force of nature mom is the worst possible preparation for life after she's gone. Oh, yeah. Because mm. it's just like your life has been sort of decapitated. Yeah. Um. But I really feel like, uh, like a fundamentalist upbringing of literal Bible banging and, like, believing that every word of the Bible is true mm-hmm. and closing your ears to sexual education and reproductive health ends up damaging people. hmm You end up, I mean, all the girls in my high school that were like super, super Christian and wouldn't take the pill and wouldn't use birth control ended up with, you know, dropping out because they had babies at 17. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just like, and they're just, you know, I don't even know what's happened to them. They were right on, but they were right on track to end up right where their parents were, you know. (sighs) But Uh, um, yeah, yeah, religion. It's
0: tough. It's tough. And I mean, uh, you know, uh, the only, I think I've told this story before, but my, I lived with my grandmother, who was Catholic, for, you know, the the two or three months, where in 1977, we were living in Baltimore, and my mom drove out to California, and then prep, you know, wanted to get an apartment and everything and get settled, and then I was going to fly out, so that during that time, I was living with my grandmother, who went to church every Sunday, and there was this one particular Sunday, where for some reason, we had to do something before church, so we wound up going to a church, a different one, and there was a a guest priest or whatever, who told everybody that the other priest was sick. And then unless we prayed for that other priest, we were all going to go to hell. And I remember <laughs> being nine.
1: Emotional blackmail anyone. Yeah. And I yeah. was
0: nine and I thought this is fucked up. And then I asked my grandmother, I'm like, do you believe that? Because I didn't believe that. But I said, do you believe that? And and I remember her reaction was kind of like, no. And she just didn't want to talk about it. This was not her church. It was not her, you know, her normal because I went to her church. And basically it was funny because there was the other experience that I definitely remember standing out was after all of the, you know, the talk and all the religious stuff they were talking about. Then we all sang. And that was my favorite. And I remember I was literally rocking out to that song, Rock My Soul in the Bosom of Abraham. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I was standing on the pews. I was rocking out and my grandmother was enjoying it completely. But I, and I remember that day I was just like, you know, having the time of my life, but you know, I mean, I just, to me, church was something that my, my grandmother wouldn't leave me home alone because I was nine. So I was forced to go and I just went Mm -hmm. and she never forced it on me. She just took me because she didn't want to leave me home. She wasn't sitting there trying, you know, she never spoke to me about it. She never tried to get me to, you know, believe anything. She just wanted to go for herself. And it made her feel good. See, I think for
1: a lot of Southern creative people, the church is one of the first places that we encounter
0: art. Right.
1: Yeah, you know, the I mean, the church I grew up in had, I mean, it was Episcopal, and we had beautiful stained glass and a mm-hmm. big pipe organ yeah. and a really kick-ass choir. Mm-hmm. And it was full of majesty and pageantry and, like, not a lot of guilt. We didn't have to mm-hmm. go to confession because we're Episcopal. We all stood up in a group and did it together. Just, we said this, yeah. you know, your father, we confess, we're sinned against thee and thought, we're indeed by what we've done, by what we left undone. blah, 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 blah. We won't do it again. Yeah. We're super sorry. We'll try to be better. <laughs> Amen. Um, Let's get drunk. You know, <laughs>
0: Episcopalians,
1: man, it's wherever you find four Episcopalians together, you'll find a fifth. Um, <laughs> That's
0: funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh I, and so
1: church for me, and was not a big fire and brimstone thing. It was mm-hmm. where like, kind of high art happened. My right. mom was this amazing singer and was in the choir, was the first soprano. And huh. You know, it was just sort of like, yeah. And there was a naked man on a cross at the front of the church. Right, so. yeah.
0: I mean, the, and that's just kind of creepy in and of itself. Like Bob always. It's so weird. It is it's too weird. much of
1: Christianity is like voodoo. I know. Well, it's like you Bob know? said, I mean, what, if, what if he died by
0: the electric chair? Like, would you wear a necklace with the electric chair on your neck? It's like, it's so weird.
1: <laughs> and now that I'm talking about the whole, like, why does religion always automatically go to sexuality? But I think, you know, my 12 year old self's kneeling in the pew, staring at the holy hip bones and inner thighs of my personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, <laughs> up there in the loincloth, looking pretty fly, actually, except for the wounds.
0: <laughs> well, I know, I know um, yeah. that, you know, I, I have this thing, like, I don't follow religion. And I know, obviously, there's some pretty shitty things that religious leaders pull but at the same time i recognize that for a lot of people it really does i mean it, it it does harm but it also does a lot of good because it offers you something to believe in and offers you kind of a moral compass especially for the people who don't abuse it because obviously there are people who abuse it and that's you know marco rubio he fucking weaponizes it but i think that it can, yeah and it it it's can so like i mean, that's, that's so positive.
1: against everything that jesus actually right said.
0: exactly <laughs>
1: Jesus was a big, like, you know, spiritual socialist, very much like, you know, everybody is worthy of the love of God from the lowliest beggar to the greatest king. If you have money, give it away. If you pray, do it at home. Yeah. Keep it out of people's faces and let them know you through your works. You know, let them know you're a Christian, not by what you say, but by the number of hungry people you have fed.
0: Right. And the
1: number of children whose illnesses you have helped you know just yeah uh, i know that's like when when uh notre dame the cathedral was burning
0: oh my god ago. yeah
1: and everyone's like oh the priceless treasures and i was like you know i hope i know that humanity will build more notre dames we will right. build more beautiful things yeah but I hope that the Notre Dames of the future are places that are more like Jesus would be comfortable right. in. Because I think yes, you yes, would take yes. Jesus to Notre Dame and he would be like, what's all this fucking gold? <laughs>
0: right. Like, why aren't you using
1: this money to feed my children? Yeah. You know, and yeah. I just like that. Yeah. So don't, don't get me started. On, you know, <laughs> but
0: that's uh, what I'm here for. You know, it's so funny because I, I definitely want my last shows of the season to just be relaxed. You know, I, I'm not I'm not having any hardcore. People let me say on. one more
1: thing, though, about uh-huh. Christianity, because there is like a, there's a Methodist church like right across the street from the entrance to my subdivision. And when my recovery group needed a new place to meet, they welcomed us with open arms, and man, they fucking walk the walk. Like once a month for a week, homeless people live in the church. Hmm. They put out cots, they make the meals, yeah they feed and they're like, you know, and every couple days lately, I drive by and they're out there in the parking lot, separating food bags out yeah. for people. And I'm just like, those people walk the walk. Mm-hmm. They do what Jesus yes. said.
0: So my the, It's funny because there's another
1: Methodist church, like, right across the street that is, like, super rich. And all those people have, like, really fancy cars. And they, like, had a big schism because they were like, we are not going to go with the Methodist church internationally and allow to have same-sex marriages here. So a bunch of people from that church went across the street to the poor church, and they're way happier. Yeah. But it was, like – but – Yeah. You know, Jesus never said like, you know, when they were breaking up loaves and handing out fishes at that banquet, he never did say like, I need to see your citizenship card. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, it was never like, okay, I'm going to feed all of you who support me.
0: Yeah. But not anyone else.
1: No, it's like everyone who is hungry can be fed. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to like the Dolly Parton thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, everyone who comes to the table is welcome. Uh, but you have to be nice to the other people at the table.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know what else so. she did? I think what else she did is I think it was she's from Tennessee, and yes, she is. There, there was all kind like there was a. How, what was it that there was like the graduation rate was less than 50%. So she said that if you graduate, I will send you $500. And she she would do that. And, yep. the, and the graduation rate went up. She's still doing it. She deserves the Medal of kids Honor. kids
1: in the deep south and the rural areas, the first books they ever get are books from the Dolly Parton Imagination Fund. Wow. Where she sends out five books a week or five books a month or something like that to every fucking kid who's born in Tennessee and now Georgia. And I'm not sure how many other states, but the Dolly Parton Foundation sends books to kids every day.
0: She's Um, a national treasure and she definitely needs to have that medal of honor. She needs to like cancel out the fucking Rush Limbaugh thing. Oh my God. He's just so gross. And I, I just I,
1: mean, I just feel like she is like if she had a cult I would join it. Would, I know, like, me Davis, too. Put on this and <laughs> this bubble wig and go work the fields and uh, we'll call you when it's time and be like is Dolly coming today? Do no, I get to her? Oh my
0: god! Okay, They're so to,
1: like Dolly Parton and Carol Burnett. I yes, think, are, like, oh my
0: god! Geez. And there, there's and well, and then also I would add she's gone now, but I love Valerie Bertinelli. I love her. I, I was actually just watching on YouTube uh, Rhoda. There's all the, you know, like all these full episodes of Rhoda are on and it totally holds up. It's so funny. And I really so appreciate she was so insecure about her weight. And uh, of course, that resonates with me. And, And it's just I love that she that, you know, she was so open about being insecure. And I love that show. It's like so fucking holds up to today. The humor. Brenda, her sister, was so funny. Oh my God, I just love, love, love watching that show. And I get like, lately, I have been, it's been so difficult. What was the show
1: with them and Bonnie, with her and Bonnie Franklin and Mackenzie Phillips? Was that called One Day at a Time?
0: Um, yes, but it wasn't. No, I'm talking about Valerie Harper, not Valerie Bartonelli. Valerie oh, Bartonelli. You said Valerie
1: Bartonelli. You did. I did? Oh, <laughs> okay.
0: I meant Valerie Harper, Rhoda. <laughs> okay let me uh, rewind my mind i like i, I did know been...
1: valerie bertinelli was on rhoda okay,
0: no no um, i you know uh, and i was mind. like is she dead i thought she was still alive <laughs> but... <Oops>. anyway <laughs> you know that just goes to show you i am i i, I said last uh week on the show my mind is burning out, and that's what's happening. So I will, I will take my break and go on watch all my YouTube videos and read that book, and then I'll, I'll come back ready to go. But I can, but like the, the shows that I'm doing from now until the end of the year, are just gonna be fun. They're not gonna be, you know, like the, the lawyers or any huge guests talking about. I just can't fucking deal with them. I mean, we just can, me.
1: <laughs> well, no, but I mean, me.
0: Bob's gonna be on Monday, and then um, I'm I I haven't been able Those to confirm. people you're comfortable with. Yeah, just like fun people. People that I just don't want to have to get all serious and, you know, because it's... And, and also, I, f- I just feel like it's it's show after show after show, and i still going to ask you this, kind of, that's it's like, what do you think is going to happen with Trump? What do you think Trump's going to do? It's like, I'm so sick and tired of... That fucking question and the answer, because Trump is just going to behave like a fucking asshole. The thing that the thing that worries me, and this is kind of what I I'm hear gonna, He's going
1: to have like some kind of big grand yeah. exit, like a flight down to a political rally on the day of the inauguration. Well, he needs to. And like to. all I can think about, what? Go ahead. He needs to
0: because he's just a fucking ego pig.
1: All I can think about is OJ and the fucking yes. uh, Jeep. What? What did it? say? Cherokee? No, was it
0: was a uh, fuck. It was Ford. Was it Explorer?
1: It was maybe, I can't remember, but that's exact, exactly I what remember. I'm thinking. But yeah, I, know you, exactly I know what you mean,
0: like the ride in the white, the white whatever it was. <laughs> bronco, the Bronco.
1: It was a Bronco, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My brother had one of those for a hot minute.
0: But I think, um, but I think it's colored. a pacifier for him because, you know, he, he can, you know, Mary Trump has said many times that he cannot deal with rejection and, he, you know, he's never really had to answer for anything. And this is the first time that he ever has. So I think just in order for him to not, like, just explode, he has to feed into this, I am the master and I will be president again in 2020. I mean, you know, he says. I'm I so heard sick of his I know. fat fucking head. That's what I'm saying. I'm so tired of his big, <laughs> loud mouth and his huge,
1: hideous fucking face. Yeah. I, just, I told you, like, I, I told Bob, to me, he looks like a basketball that somebody stitched together out of old man's on the skin.
0: <laughs> like,
1: it's just so saggy and droopy and yeah. quivery and ugh, <laughs> puffy and orange and pink and, and can't gross. even get his makeup on his ears. And I just, I'm just tired of the whole sleazy, shitty, half assed. Rudy Giuliani with his hair dye. I mean, it's, just, it's like a grotesquerie. Mm-hmm. And now we you know, that hearing last week where it was like Rudy was farting the entire time. And then we had.
0: You like, heard he has COVID, right?
1: I did. I yeah. did. And I can't find myself <laughs> feeling a, even a little bit sorry for him. No, I don't him feel because sorry for him at all. He's been traveling all over the country. And yeah. like you see the footage from yesterday or sorry, day before yesterday in our state capital in Georgia he was here mm-hmm. and hugging people and shaking hands and kissing ladies on the cheek posing mm-hmm. for selfies and it's just like all those people have to be contact traced now
0: yeah and they're all stupid for because would you even fucking go near anybody in the Trump world i mean i would i mean aside from the fact that they're gross people in general but the covid thing you know i wouldn't trust any of them because they don't take this seriously
1: it's mind blowing it's just baffling and ghastly to mm-hmm. see that like we had a big opportunity here to unify as a country
0: yeah. and
1: take on a common enemy. And like <sighs> I used to say like I kind of sometimes wish that extraterrestrials would come and threaten <laughs> us a little bit so that we could unify <laughs> as a world.
0: Just a little bit. You
1: know <laughs> little did I know that if the fucking aliens came and pointed their guns at us, half people of the country would pretend they didn't exist. Exactly. You it'd just be like uh, the aliens are a liberal plot.
0: Well, ju- just to kind of switch the subject a little, I, I don't usually read horoscopes. Um, occasionally I do, but when I do, I like to read them at, at certain times, like at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, stuff like that. And so, or on my birthday. And I don't read everybody's horoscope. I read two And there's one, this woman, and I've read her for years, her name is Susan Miller, and she writes for Astrology Zone. And they're really long horoscopes. And they're not the kind of horoscopes that say, um, you're gonna, you know, today, you're gonna meet your boyfriend or whatever. It's she, she talks about the planets and their influence. And, and then, you know, yes, she'll say it affects you in a certain way and everything. But and, and, and I don't live my life by astrology, but I find all of it, like psychics and astrology. I think it's all fascinating. And I kind of like to, um, I don't know, I kind of like to read it and then look back later and go, is did did whatever they say, you know, does it either, did it come to pass? But anyway, I just, I want to say that she put, she said that what we're entering right now um whatever f- astrological phase that we're entering she kind of likened it to the the roaring 20s and she was specifically talking about the 1918 pandemic and that you know afterward there was kind of like this roaring 20s and I, and I don't I can't describe to you what she was talking about because I don't know enough about astrology but but she said she thinks what's going to come after this is innovation. And, and you know, I I Mm -hmm. certainly fucking hope so. I, I, I I hope so. And and the other thing that I wanted to say, and really quick is that I have a friend who's psychic and I've, I've talked about her on the show before because she, she said that Trump was not going to, in 2016, she thought Trump was going to win and she's not a political person. So she doesn't really Mm -hmm. follow politics, but she kept seeing a woman, uh, a light skinned black woman, And she insisted that Trump was not going to win this time. She insisted that he was last time, and she insisted that he wasn't going to this time. And I kept asking her during the primaries. I said, "Who do you think is going to win?" And she, she, I don't even think she was familiar with Kamala Harris because I would say Kamala's name, and she didn't really know who I was talking about. But um, you know, she kept seeing a light-skinned black woman, and I just think it's interesting that she is the you know going to be the vice president, and perhaps the president at a later date. But she, what was, oh, God, she just made, she made a, predi- oh, I know. She predicted, and this was interesting because I didn't even, I didn't ask her. We were just talking. I called her the other day to find out how she was for Thanksgiving and whatnot. So we were just talking about stuff, and I, sh- she said, oh, I'm trying to avoid the news. And I said, why? Because Trump's so fucking crazy. And she said, yeah, and I just don't, I don't want to hear what he has to say. And I, so I kind of filled her in on, on just some of the basics and she said to me that she like sees him in handcuffs and she's guessing it's a year to a year and a half. So, I'm just putting it out there, she's wrong a lot of the time. She was right this time about Trump and she was right last time, but I mean if if you call her up for a reading a lot of times she's just wrong. So, um and I don't even know what the <laughs> fuck she's talking about. So, I don't I don't want to be one of these people that says, "Oh, I'm going by psychics." It's like I used to, but I don't do that anymore. You know,
1: I, like, for me to believe in astrology and divination of any kind is wildly at odds with my insistence on science and facts and numbers. However, but I, think I they read can... tarot cards. Well, see. I'll read yours. I'll, I'll do a, like, Christmas, New Year's tarot card <laughs> reading for you. And I'm actually, like, for one thing, I don't ever do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever do it for money. Right. And I am deadly accurate really i've had really weird insights um that there was i mean just i'd look at the cards and i would get this flash of insight and i'm it's really
0: but it doesn't make any sense it doesn't square it does make sense because the the universe is so much more complicated than we know and i think we're so quick to poo-poo the stuff we don't understand and 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 it's like a real astrologer
1: did my chart for like a year mm -hmm. the next year of my life at one time and Oh my god! It was eerily accurate. Really? It was crazy how accurate it was. There were like four different events in the course of that year, and when I, you know, she's like, "You might want to be careful around blah blah blah." This time, I'm like, "I was like, ah oh, no, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty, pretty tough." And then like shit happened, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I, I my don't grandfather's
1: think. Heart attack.
0: Wow, um, I don't, I don't think you should ever like, if you're going to get a psychic reading or read horoscopes or anything like that. For me, it's. You know, at at this age of 52, I can't say I had this belief so much when I was younger, but I was much more of a cynic because when somebody would tell me good news, I wouldn't believe it. And when they would tell me bad news, I was convinced it would happen. So I was like always a cynic. Mm -hmm. But um, it was a pacifier for me for when I wanted things and I didn't have them. And I would call a psychic because I wanted them to tell me what I wanted to hear. But then even when they did, I didn't believe it. So but it was literally a pacifier. But I actually got a
1: job as as a telephone psychic, but I didn't ever (laughs) follow through. I, I, I passed the interview um but the woman was like they had called me and she was like, okay, do me a reading and I did her a reading and it was the scariest most evil reading I think I've ever seen wow. I mean it was just like whack I mean my cards were just they, my cards are really nice mm-hmm. like every time I read for people it's always it's never like something bad is going to happen it's mm-hmm. like if you continue to behave in this manner there will be consequences right. but it gives you an out. But this woman, it was just, like, death, destruction, pain. And I was just like, this – I don't know that I want any part of this. (laughs) Like, like this person's karma is clearly fucked. And now, in hindsight, like, yeah, they were ripping people off and taking people's money. And
0: Well, see, that's uh, what sucks are those bullshit call for your – you know, I mean, uh, call for – and it's not to say that – I mean, I've met real psychics and I've had real psychic experiences in my life. So I definitely believe – that psychic ability is is part of human nature but i also think that there's a lot of charlatans and a lot of liars and you know and I, and i think <laughs> that people want to discount it because they don't completely understand it i i will go with science first that's what you you need to put you know logic and science and all of that that is what that's how you proceed that's what you base your decisions in life over but then but then there's another side of life there's that side of life that You know, you get you get intuition. People are so quick to say, "Oh, it's intuition," but then they say, "I don't believe in psychic." It's like that's the same thing. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah,
1: intuition. People discount intuition, and they they call it feminine intuition, and that really, to me, is just a way of discounting women's uh, perceptive perceptiveness and shrewdness. I mean, because like your gut will tell you things. I don't know. My mom was incredibly intuitive and was kind of disgustingly psychic. That you would like tell her a lie and she would be like you know that was a good story and you (laughs) wove some details from reality into it to make
0: it more realistic and
1: i appreciate that effort but i kind of need to know what really happened and you'd be like damn it woman
0: you know but i mean
1: oh god but then i've I've inherited that ability yeah i remember i was with my ex and we were in a huge argument and he told me this big fat lie and it just came out of his mouth with red flashing lights all over i was like and before i even knew what i was doing i said that's a lie like like and he was he, he exploded. He was like, no, it's not. And I was like, oh, it is a lot. Um, yeah, it was weird. I called my mom and was like, I've got the gift. Like, wow. It was, I never could figure out. I mean, I don't know. You're, well, you like, know,
0: my grandmother. Um, let me. Okay, so the one I told you about the Catholic grandmother, she had a Jesuit brother. And like, it was her brother. And and so he joined and he, he anyway, so his mother died. And when she died, my uncle, he's my great uncle Stanley, he heard he heard something like he was at church. And he heard his mother say something to him. And he knew he knew she died. And, you know, and, and,
1: I've heard of things like that.
0: And, you know, the, there was another thing that my grandfather...
1: Well, I have weird twin shit all the time. I have a twin brother.
0: Oh, really? Well, I'm and, sure like, that's... There have all been things. times
1: when I've been just, like, all of a sudden in a terrible mood. And I can't figure out what's wrong with me. There's been no external change. Yeah. And I call my brother. And, like, one time that happened and he just found out that a friend of his had been killed in a car oh, accident. Oh, my God. And it was just one of those, like, twin alert moments. Yeah. So... But I, you know, and we'll like show up places dressed in the same color, but like different outfits. Like I'll show up in a pair of navy blue corduroys and a green sweatshirt and he'll show up in a pair of blue jeans and a green like you know t-shirt or whatever. But it's just like the exact same shade.
0: You know what's weird? Bob and I do that. We dress alike and we don't plan on it. It's so weird.
1: It's quantum entanglement.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, and that's the thing. It's like, I So, okay, I we are that.
1: past the 30-minute mark, and we have not even <laughs> talked about my
0: single, what I'm here to Okay, so we have to th- talk th- about your single. <laughs> let me talk about it. I, am, no I am unable to play it, unfortunately. I don't have all the modern technology that Bob has. So what I'm going to do, just before we start talking about it, is... I will link your song into the description of the Patreon uh, post that I'm putting up today. And I really, I want to say this sincerely. This is a fucking awesome song. And I'm not somebody who just says that. I don't, I I mean, I really don't. I I definitely give my guests and stuff praise. But I'm going to say without any hesitation that your song is really, really good. Okay, go. I'm blushing. I
1: literally am blushing.
0: I sincerely um, mean that. It, it's another,
1: like our, like, our last song, the Waiting for the World to End, was very 2020. I feel like this song is very of the moment. Um, and it's what's called it It's called Sad Season. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and it's not about the Chicago Cubs. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's. I wrote the lyrics the day that I found out that a friend of mine had taken her life early in the pandemic. That's so awful. And... Um, we never got to have a funeral, and we never got yeah. to talk as a community about what she meant to us right um, and so the song is a tribute to her and to all the people we've lost this year, and just like that feeling of uncertainty um, that we have now when we see someone for yeah. the last we don't know if this right. gonna be the last time I see this person or yeah. not you yeah. know um, I hate that. Yeah, it really, like, but, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it makes me appreciate the contacts that I do have in the mm-hmm. time that I do get to spend with people so much more. Yeah. Um, I just lap it up. I'm like, oh, a conversation. Because <laughs> <laughs> i like, I mean, I don't know. It's one of the things, like, you talk about astrology. I am an archetypal Gemini. I'm a bubbly, bright-eyed, like, curious, hyperactive like sometimes shallow, I'm a deeply superficial person. Um, you know, but like, uh, I just like I, I get a huge amount of like my thinking done
0: mm-hmm.
1: by talking. Yeah, uh, and that's why you know therapy is great for me. Right. And my therapist is I'm I'm pretty sure sometimes that if I you know my therapist might actually pay to like hear me <laughs> instead of the other way around because it's I, it's you know I have this like compulsive need to make everything funny no the you know what i had a
0: therapist is. once and she told me that i was her most entertaining client
1: <laughs> i've been told that as well usually <laughs> she he was just like you're very entertaining but uh... but he also, so I mean, my therapist also told me like you don't have to entertain me you right can put all that down and just be yourself here. yeah the thing that he keeps saying to me through the whole covid thing is he's like you do not have to be a human doing right now all you have to be is a human being right um if I wasn't behind on my rent by month that would be more comforting but you know
0: (laughs) it'll work out well um the song but um go ahead no I was just gonna bring it back to the song that your song has this I mean it's really it's so good there's like a haunting quality but it's also haunting in a positive way not not in a I mean it's sad but at the same time, I don't know, it's just very representative of what we're all experiencing right now. So there's this kind of camaraderie feeling, you know, like we all understand it. At least that's what I felt when I heard it. And, and I'm very difficult. When, I mean, there, there are certain songs. You're picky. I'm picky, and it takes me a while. This song, I immediately liked it. Occasionally, I, I happen a so- upon a song that I'm like, I love it instantly. But it's something usually, usually songs take me a while. Not this one. This one was instant. Like, oh my God, this is such a great song. So you guys have to listen to it. I'm going to put it in the um, Patreon description. Don't forget. Don't forget.
1: Or you can go to our band, our website That's true. at Bandcamp.
0: You could do it's that. It's
1: Astral, Astral Summer. It's A S T R A L S U M M E R. bandcamp.com. Um, and it's there with some other songs. And, uh, yeah, it's one of the first things, you know, all my life as a musician, I've been the singer and I write the lyrics, but I've never really played instruments and I've never been an engineer and producer, although I've really enjoyed the process of mixing. Mm-hmm. Mixing, okay, so mixing for non-musicians. Mixing is when you've got everything recorded and you now have to arrange it mm. in the mix. You mm-hmm. have to figure out what's how loud everything is. You have to make everything audible and figure out like how much echo and you have to eq it but you can do like all kinds of magical shit in there i love mixing but for the first you know since covid came i had to put my regular band Compromat on hiatus uh, because you know right just mixing with people and i had to learn to do a whole bunch of stuff on my own <laughs> and every time we record something i learn like 10 new things about recording hmm. and it's exciting and it's kind of thrilling but also sometimes it's like fumbling around with an electrical cord in your hand looking for a light switch in the dark, you know, like just trying to figure out how does this work exactly. But so this is like the first thing I've ever like produced and engineered and, you know, everything but, you know, Dave played the bass and the guitars and we talked about like how to mic them and stuff to get a certain sound. But it just really like came together and it's, you know. I'll hate it in a week because I'm listening to it like over and over and over. And then I'll be like, oh, i got to make another song. But like right now it's in that you're in that moment of like, actually the same way about I feel like painting my bathroom on Saturday. I feel like <laughs> just go in there and turn the lights on and look at the walls. Like, oh, it's so much nicer. But yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I, like I said, I mean, it's a great song and it just, it like came out of you, which I think is usually when, especially with creative people, When you don't have to really think about it and it just comes out of you, I think it's usually the best. It's the you know I mean when I when I was writing Peyton's Choice, that's the story about a teenager who chooses an abortion. I I I mean I've written this was the first attempt at non at fiction. I mean I had written nonfiction and while I enjoyed writing it, especially like when I was writing American Woman, that book is a combination of. I, you know, I, I definitely had to go to sources because I talked about different women in history who have accomplished things. And then, so I, you know, I had to go look them up and it was a little bit like homework, which I never liked in Mm -hmm. school, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was work. And, you know, and then there were some chapters where I just wrote from my own experience and those were easy because I didn't have to look anything up. I just could remember and write and analyze but then when I wrote the fiction book, I had to create the story and what I found so fascinating and I haven't written a fiction fiction book since and and I I imagine maybe one day in the future I might but it would there was this one particular Saturday and it was the Saturday that I had to write their first time sexual experience and mm. the the you know the young girl and her boyfriend and I remember like not knowing what the fuck I was going to do and I just sat down and I think for 8 or 9 hours I wrote to the point mm. where at the end of the day I was fucking dizzy. I was so dizzy and but it w- it just poured out of me. I wasn't in my mind thinking, okay, they have to do this. The, it just was a movie playing in my head and I was just recording what I was seeing and it that's was, when your characters
1: are, are alive
0: yeah and it was when like just, the most when you're exciting. just a transcriptionist
1: and you're following them
0: yeah I it was um, thrilling it was it was it was just an absolutely thrilling experience to write that book and you know I mean I I based it very loosely on my own teenage years I never had an abortion and the the girl in the book her name is Peyton but my mom wanted to name me Peyton and my grandmother said mm-hmm. no, and I wish my name would have been Peyton. But anyway, uh, you know, I named her Peyton, and she had a 4.0 grade point. Uh, yeah, 4.0 grade point average, which I did not have. <laughs> she went to UCLA, which I did not. I did not attend. But you know, I mean, I I took my own experiences living in Torrance, California, which was a beach town, and it was just it was like this wonderful experience for me. And then I just you know put the story. You know, I had three best friends and we used to I put this in the book that every Sunday morning and then we would do this. There was this rule that we would we would all go have breakfast and nobody was allowed to wear makeup. And so my friend drove this awesome fucking 57 Chevy and we'd all pile into the cab and we would go down to the beach and, and go to this like rusty spoon at the beach and have breakfast. And it was fucking awesome. I loved it so much. What
1: music do you associate with that time?
0: it was all eighties, you know, it was like probably, yeah, that's why I, mean, I grew
1: up at the same time. We're like the same age. So I'm yeah. curious, like what you guys were listening to.
0: Uh, well, what, I mean, I'm sure it was like the, uh, I'm trying to think this was probably Future, like,
1: Duran Duran. I was never a cure yeah.
0: person. I never liked the Cure. Don't tell Jen Kirkman, but I just never liked the Cure. But um, was it Jen Kirkman? Yeah. No, she likes Morrissey. Sorry. I don't like Morrissey either, but um, I'm not a care person. But <sighs> I, I, I am do. a former, like
1: <laughs> the Smiths were awesome. I but Morrissey the by movie. himself has been, he's one of those people who's been famous for so long they've forgotten how to be person. <laughs> and he's just like, he says these terrible racist things and you're like, dude, yeah, knock it off. I don't
0: even pay attention. Like, I just don't like his music. It's too whiny for me. There's one song, there was that one song I liked, uh, the, bond, the, the Bond That Will Bring Us Together. You know what I'm talking about? The bomb, the bomb, the, the bomb. bomb the, or the bomb. Yeah. The bomb that will bring ask us me, together. Ask me, ask right. Me. I like that song. Uh,
1: if it's not love, then right. it's love. I, I do a really wicked Morrissey, but um <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that song.
1: If I must say so myself. <laughs> um, but you know I feel like you 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 know you were talking about how when the writing just like comes off the top of your head, yeah. and it just says the words that are in your heart. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with these lyrics. Like right. it's the, the first line was just like already – it was like I was filling in a Mad Lib or something. Yeah. It was just like write this down before it gets away.
0: Right.
1: And, um, wow. One like of my favorite songs of all time, You're in the Sweet Dreams, which I just feel like is this magnificent, yeah. like perfect little haiku of a song. If you've ever looked at the lyrics – no. There's only like six lines really? to the whole song. No. And you're like, is that all there is? Because, I mean, <laughs> she's singing the same thing twice. Right. I mean, and I, my brother and I have argued, you know, v- vehemently uh, whether or not sweet dreams are made of this is the chorus or the verse. Wow. Because it really is just like the center of the song. Yeah. And anyway, I think it's brilliant. But the way that it came together, it's to me such a lesson because like, okay, so you're a mix. Like Dave and Annie had been in a band called The Tourists. That like had one minor top ten hit in the, in the UK that was a cover, and it, I think it charted in Australia, and they were on tour in Australia when their guitar player looked like way too much hallucinogenic something, and freaked out and had to go to the mental hospital, and the band broke up. Wow! And they had put out an album together as Eurythmics and it bombed. Hmm. And they're like in a hotel room, and they were the first album. It's called In the Garden. It's
0: brilliant. Hmm.
1: Most people I don't. It's amazingly good. Most people maybe know it's there. But so they were, like, in a hotel room, running out of money, irritated with each other. Like, I think they had been together and broken up at this point and were still stuck in a hotel room (laughs) together. (laughs) And it was, like, the middle of the night and Dave made this riff on the synthesizer and was like, Annie, will you sing something on this? And she was like, no, I'm not in the mood. I want to go to bed. And he was like, it's really good. Just sing just something. And she's like, no. And he just like, please. And so she's like, fine, and picked up the mic and sang the first thing that came into her head. Sweet dreams are made of this. Who am wow. I to disagree? And then she was like, fine, are you happy? He's like, oh, that's brilliant, Annie. You know, and she's like, I'm going to bed. And it's like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it became, it's like, I mean, that melody and those words, it's like this fucking Rosetta Stone of like, like you know, 80s pop. It just was yeah. this whole the universe unto itself and i just think it's brilliant and i love the fact that she was just like i'm gonna just do this so i can go to sleep now you happy like
0: (laughs) wow yeah i love that's so cool and then you know
1: they were like at the end of their rope like it just like completely like i just don't you know yeah like do i even want to be a musician
0: wow and and then you know boom the universe just said universe just said hell yes you do <laughs> I just saw... thought
1: about that moment. I her, saw her on a talk show, and she was like, Getting famous was like, you've been banging on this door, yeah. this big, big door, and you've been banging on it and banging on it to the point as long as you even forget why you're banging on it. And then <laughs> one day it just swings open. Yep. Yep. And before you know it, you realize that it's never closing
0: again. Right. Well, I mean, that um, never happened to me, but I totally get it. Where it's like, you're, I mean, in a way, that kind of happened with, um, with bob because i you know lived my life as an adult without a, a committed relationship i had my first boyfriend at 18 cheated on me twice and and i didn't have another one since and it wasn't because of him but until everybody's
1: bob, boyfriend cheats only when they're 18 18 right. year olds are psychopaths <laughs> yeah
0: so it's it like, really i
1: mean really like teenagers and like until you get into your mid-20s or so and your brain is still hardening you really don't have a clear-cut sense of right and
0: wrong yeah thing. um
1: so, no, I, mean, I know cheated on, and I've been cheated on myself. My
0: poor bo- – bo- that boyfriend was um, – I mean, if you knew him, you'd just call him Poor Bill. He's <laughs> just right. – he was so sweet, and he that, was very So cute, many of but... the people that I
1: wish I had, like, t- beaten the shit out of or taken revenge on time has taken care of it for me. Yeah. You well, know, that, that's
0: like, true. And I mean, you know what? I don't even hold uh, I don't even hold any kind of animosity for him. I just I feel sorry for him. He has he has issues with alcohol. His mother was a wretched human being and she kicked him out when mm. he, was 50, he was 15 years old and living in abandoned buildings. And eventually he wound up moving in with me and my mom because he didn't have anywhere to live. And he lived with us for six months and it was just too much. Eventually I just I, I broke up with him and then I, I, I felt really bad for him. And then, of course, he turned to drugs and alcohol. At least I do know that he got married and he's got two sons who appear. I mean, of course, I see it on Facebook. We, we, we used to be friends on Facebook. Um, until Facebook Mm -hmm. took away my page and we're not friends anymore, but he's not very bright. I mean, he's just, he's never, but you know what the weird thing is, is uh, he, he, wait, wait, he was, he, we would play Scrabble. My mom and me and Bill would play Scrabble. And my mom is fucking smart. My mom is like, she took the test to get into Mensa and she passed. She chose not to go in, but she's fucking way smart. And we would play Scrabble with him and he would, I'm not even kidding. He would just throw random letters and pretend it's a word and we would challenge him and every fucking time it was a word and he didn't know he was just guessing he would just throw random word letters together it was so weird and he i won every actually scrabble learned game.
1: that hey i'm so sorry somebody called and it bumped us offline <laughs> that's
0: okay well you were gonna say what was the
1: last thing i said
0: you said you were actually gonna say that but um we were talking about bill who won every scrabble game by accident <laughs> oh i
1: found that having a really big vocabulary is not a really good indication of whether or not you're. Going but to he didn't
0: have it. the vocabulary he literally just nobody knew the points
1: like, values and stuff and he knew where to you know and he yeah. just had various ideas like this looks like a word he knew how to game the system so he did
0: know how to do that but he was not bright not at all he was not a bright guy and um but he was super sweet he was so sweet but the thing is taking it back to like my whole life, you know, we broke up when I was 18 and then I didn't have a boy. I dated people and whatnot, but I never had a boyfriend. And then when I met Bob, it was just like you said, the door just swung open. It wasn't like what she said about it never goes back. I mean, but it's true. It's like, I I doubt that Bob and I are ever going to break up. I I don't want to say anything like to jinx it, but we, we have, we just fit, you know, we, we fit. And, uh, it's like, now there's no going back because it's like, and, and I'm thankful. But it was so interesting because I didn't, uh, I, I didn't give a shit. I used to give a shit. That's so all I cared about was I wanted to, I wanted to be loved and I wanted to be in a relationship and I always had a difficult time. I, and I, and I believe part of the reason why is because I just didn't believe in myself. And I honestly had such issues with my body that I didn't feel comfortable that anybody would accept me for who I was if I was just home alone, looking like shit. You know, no makeup. It's I don't look like shit shit, but you know, I don't gussy it up. No, I went through all of
1: that, and I, I you know, like I didn't have my first like serious romantic relationship until I was probably twenty four, which doesn't seem that young. And le- until you're 24, <laughs> and you've like never had a serious boyfriend and all, all your friends are like, getting, people are getting married and like, you're just like, God, am I just like the love leper? Like, yeah. what's the problem yeah, here? And then it like. happened. And again, it's like you're saying, it yeah, was the so door swings
0: and open. It Oh. And it
1: wasn't like, and none of the like quizzes I took in
0: Cosmopolitan. <laughs> <you> <laughs> exactly. Know, like, just,
1: none of that had anything to do with that. It no. was still, it was just like, you met this person and they fit. And yeah, you were and like, it's oh, it's different. Thank God. Like
0: when you fit, I'm it's so glad you're here. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't. And the thing was, is like I didn't care uh, anymore. I I wasn't, I wasn't against relationships. I just didn't give a shit. I thought I don't give a shit if I meet anybody. I just don't care. And I think I told you this the last oh, time. we Oh boy, were talking. I did. I was
1: so lonely. Uh,
0: well, I I just didn't care because the last guy I went out with was. I think I told you about him. He had an issue with anger and he screamed at me. And I felt like if mm. we were in the same room because he was long distance. And if we were in the same room, I he might have hit me. And I just thought after that, I was and so then glad. You might have had
1: to kill the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, But I was just so glad to happens. be rid of
0: him. Like, I didn't want to fucking deal with him. He was very clingy. And he demanded too much of my time, even in a long-distance relationship. So it was like, goodbye. Yeah, fucking I, had one like, of goodbye. I had to cut him loose. It's too much, man. I just didn't I just, you know and no, I having knew. a
1: long distance relationship to me is like buying a bed and then putting it in someone
0: else's house. Exactly. Like it's Going, just one like day you don't we'll get any together. of the benefits of it. One day you get we'll all be the together. <laughs> yeah, no, I just I I just but you know, when I met Bob I'm too it tactile. Did- it, it, it did sink like it did fit the door swung open and it did fit. But before we go, I do want to kind of just ask you and I want to bring it back to the reason I brought up the astrology thing was that because her whole take on this is that, you know, we might be seeing a roaring 20s situation. And I'm just like, I'm not sure what to believe about this country because so many people are, are locked into a cult. And not 74 million of them, but a good, good fucking portion are locked into this cult. There's all these people who don't want to believe science. They don't want to wear a mask. But at the same time, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had said, especially pertaining to politics, that it's like the pendulum. It always swings. And so I'm just like in your gut. Do you have this feeling of where things are going to go? Granted, we've got this, you know, yay, Biden won. But we don't know if we're going to get the Senate and we don't know what's going to happen in 22 and 2022 and 2024. So it's like, do you have this overall kind of feeling of where we're going?
1: Something that we're not in our universe as, you know, attuned to the the granular details of is the crisis that's happening in the Republican party right now mm-hmm. between the, just the kind of veal pen sort of like Kelly Loeffler kind of, rigid, not very smart, appointed to the position, not able to compete in the free market. Like mm-hmm. it's that the rubber's meeting the road in some ways for them. And I feel, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to come out of this, but I do feel like there's a reckoning at hand. I don't feel mm-hmm. like we're going to collapse into civil war. Mm-hmm. Like some people think we are because I feel like the population is too diverse. Like the South yeah. is not going to break away from shit because right. the South is really Brown. And Georgia just turned blue, you yeah. know, and I yeah. I do feel good about the elections in January, the runoffs. I feel like both David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler have shown themselves to be like completely inept at campaigning, completely mm-hmm. ridiculously bad at debating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they've been ha- I mean, they really are just like the entitled rich people. Yeah. Like they're like that couple with their guns outside their mansion. <laughs> right. The yeah. protesters yeah. march by. Um, and I think that they look I mean, every day goes by, they look worse. So, uh, and like the debate last night where Purdue didn't even show up and then I don't know if you saw, but Loeffler's performance was just like,
0: I didn't see, but I I saw the the comments. Oh my God. I was like,
1: I had no idea you could Botox yourself from (laughs) head. Like, I mean, she was so completely rigid that, and she just kept spitting out the same five talking points again again and again and again and again and again to the point that it was just like, do you. Are you okay? Do you have a closed head wound or something that we don't know about? Because I mean, she really was just like a malfunctioning robot, right? Um, And look, she didn't—you know—she was appointed to that seat. She's never had to right. campaign. She's never had to like get her hands dirty or mm-hmm. debate or back any of the crap up. And you know, Raphael Warnock just ran circles around her, yeah, because he's warm and personable and mm-hmm. natural and mobile. <laughs> you know, but she really was just like she stood there just rigid and smirking the whole time. Yeah, she, you know, and. It was just everyone's a joke, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, everyone's making a joke of it because it was just—I mean, it was so comically inept. Uh, so I feel like, and I, you know, the fact that like our Secretary of State and my state and the governor are getting death threats, mm-hmm. and people are like showing up at their houses with weapons, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, yeah, I don't know if the Republican Party is going to fracture,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or I—but I, I do feel like the time being, they are going to be eaten up with enough internecine squabbles that we can get some shit done. Hmm. Um, and I think that these first two years of the Biden presidency, if we do secure the Senate, and I think we will, because I think that there's so much
0: dis- right.
1: disarray in the Republican Party right now that, um, I mean, they are just a mess. Yeah. And so uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I – You know, my ever since 2016, when everything went off the rails to the darkest timeline, I've been very loath to make predictions of any kind. Um, because it just seems like everything just goes way worse than I thought it could. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I would like to think. You know, we really accomplished a miracle, though, because usually once an authoritarian dictator is in power, they do not let go. And he still isn't out of there yet. He's still trying to overturn the election. But I think, as I said on Bob's show, he's I think he's shrinking. Yeah, he's getting smaller and smaller. That's what I think is happening. That's what I think
0: is happening, too.
1: And um, it's disgraceful and it's annoying. And it's just, you know, more of the same from a person who is really the oldest seven year old on the planet. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the fact that the people have spoken and that the elections were in fact free and fair, and yeah. that they can't overturn them, says a lot about us as a society. Yeah, because usually the you you know authoritarian <laughs> dictators do not get unelected. Right. They manage to rig it, and you know they yes. manage to accomplish what he's trying to accomplish right now. When we talk about what that's going to mean in terms of uh, half the country believing that Biden's election is illegitimate. Mm-hmm they you know suck it up guys that's what we thought in 2016 and we were you know we dealt yeah. with it we coped we pulled it together for four years it's like you'll deal
0: yeah
1: um and eventually i think once he is taking up less and less oxygen from the media cycle
0: yeah
1: um he his hold over those people will become less and less uh you know intractable
0: right um uh, like, so, so overall, you feel hopeful uh, and,
1: and I look at him and I see like all the things that I could be if I hadn't <laughs> had good parents, you know, and yeah. a decent upbringing. And I had, you know, someone to jerk me down out of the clouds when I was being too narcissistic, like my twin brother. Two years you know years and years ago there was like my you know our bands were on the ascent i was playing a big club in atlanta and i was being just a dick when my my brother like jerked me out of the arm mm-hmm. out in the hall and was like you're not a rock star yet <laughs> you don't get to act that way and i was like oh i was mad yeah. i was so yeah. mad i didn't talk to him the whole way back to athens but then the next day i was like he's right yeah. i was being a dick <laughs> like um so i mean and no one's ever been that check on donald trump so, right i mean i see like but, like, Geminis, man, hard to kill. Like, the toffee
0: with a Gemini. <laughs> but I do think you he's know? shrinking. And I do agree. He managed that to
1: think. evade arrest for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and when it caught up with him, it was ugly. And I just, I think that, like, things yeah. are going to catch up with Donald Trump. Yeah. He's got too many fires out there that he's set and run away from. For, you know, I just feel like there's too many debtors. There's too many... Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Well, now he's being sued by tenants. Um, All these tenants are suing him for some kind. I can't remember exactly what it is, but, you know, is raising their rents or doing something that he was illegal. So it's a whole bunch of people that are suing him. Uh, You know, obviously there's going to be lawsuits. It's going to be lawsuit palooza. And I know that the New York AG is basically just biding her time. Hopefully she'll have it ready. Uh, you know, right after. The oh, she's got
1: sixty-something, sixty-seven, I think. Sealed indictments, waiting and ready to go. There you go. We just um, we need
0: it waiting and ready to go, so she can walk up and put cuffs on him. But it was funny that my friend happened to see him in cuffs to a year and a year and a half, meaning going to prison. That's what that's how she's taking it. So you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, she was she was pretty right. She she actually predicted. She thought that he was going to win Texas and Florida, so she was wrong there. But she did see Michigan and uh Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and uh, and I think it's interesting because she has even though she has an investment in it because it's politics and we all have an investment in it she's not a political junkie so it's not like she's she can sit there and talk to you about this and really have any understanding of what she's talking about so the sometimes fact she those mean, people's
1: input though in terms of getting the macro view because I mean we're like so buried in the minutia. yeah you know, we like mm-hmm. we do. You know, see things that Marco Rubio says on Twitter. Like, right. You know, I I do sometimes really like to get the opinions of people who are not. Yes. That's jacked into it. Right. As we are. So
0: they're they're just looking um, at it from an overall sense. Maybe they're watching the nightly news, and then you know that's it. But um, maybe seeing a little bit on the computer. But that's pretty much what she does. I mean, she sees things on the computer. But the people that she's friends with are are usually not the political types. I think she's probably got a lot of people that want to call her for psychic ratings, and so. You know, and then I'll say, you know, once again, she's not the greatest, but she's had her moments. So I just I always like I always just think it's fun to kind of revisit after, you know, a certain prediction is made or whatever and go back and say, oh, that happened or oh, that didn't happen. So anyway, I should I should wrap this up. So before we go, um, first of all, I want to remind everybody that you need to. Okay, what was that website you were telling me? Astral.
1: Bandcamp. It's Astral Summer. That's the name of the band. Okay. Uh A S T R A L S U M M E R dot Bandcamp dot okay. All right. And all our songs are there. Um Yeah, that's it. Bandcamp is really cool because if people buy the song there and they can for a dollar and a half, which mm-hmm. come on guys. I know
0: it's a dollar and fifty.
1: Um you can buy it for a dollar and a half, and then you have a high quality download that will work on all different media. Uh, but uh they they give the money you know, straight to the artists, and there's no middleman record company like hosing up
0: all your right. Fridays. That's so perfect. And so please then, listen to our song and
1: buy it. and yeah, check it out. really yeah. check it out
0: because honestly, it's really good and and I think you might like it. so and buy it for a buck fifty man. It's a Christmas present if you like it. so and then where else can, where can they find you on social media? what's all what's all your linkage? I
1: thing? am <laughs> at patreon.com dot com slash rex report. That's just T H A T R E X report. Um, no hyphens or anything. And I'm on Twitter at Compromat Band. Uh, that's K O M P R O M A T band.
0: And of course, I um, will be including those links in the description of the show, too. And you can find me on Twitter at Author Kimberly, K I M B E R L E Y. Don't forget that extra E. And then you can also find all my books on Amazon. And don't forget. All us podcasters and and creatives, whether you're writing a book or not, we need reviews. I say that all the time, but I don't think people fully understand it, although I have to say everybody has been really cool. I've been getting reviews on my Apple podcast, so I appreciate that because those are very important for me. And You know, I have a little
1: ditty about you, but that's how I remember how to spell your name.
0: It's Kimberly. With an e, <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. So easy I'll write to Write your, your theme music
1: for the podcast.
0: But my mom had to go and stick that la, that extra e and ley. So, but anyway, it was awesome talking to you as always, and I hope that you have. It's a always it's my honor to be on oh, your show. I hope you have a wonderful Just... uh, December. Uh, you know, knowing that we're on our way out of this fucking nightmare. So, uh, yeah, and we'll have to do a tarot. I know. I, isn't it? Is that how you say it? Tarot.
1: Yeah. Tarot, we'll do we'll do it and, tarot um,
0: even though i shouldn't but i'll what the fuck I'll do?
1: i do an old school celtic cross reading 10 cards wow. and uh talks about your past your future what factors are making things the way they are what you can do how you can manipulate the forces in your life to change it it's cool
0: cool well i'm gonna do it um, and then uh right we'll, we'll see what happens so anyway you have a good day so happy holidays happy to holidays you,
1: happy new year Stay home. Stay COVID free, listeners. Yes. Thank you for supporting my friend Kimberly here.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I just love you, David, and you have a good one.
1: I love you. You take care. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.